Welcome, my flourishing friends, to episode number 53. Do you ever wonder about the connections between the environment and your health? Do you have this general sense that there's something there, but you're not really too sure about the science behind it? Well, in today's episode, we are going to look at those connections, and it is really interesting. Let's dive in. I'm Christina Hunter, and you are listening to the Live Well Green podcast, all about sustainable well-being and green living. We explore how to do what is good for the planet and for ourselves in order to truly flourish. Sure, lots of people feel intuitively that there must be a connection between the environment and our health, but they're not always sure if there's actually evidence behind it. Well, it turns out there's an entire discipline of science called environment and health. Environment and health deals with professions in both the health area and medicine, as well as environment, social work, and all kinds of other related fields. And environmental health often overlaps with occupational health and safety, which deals with, of course, workplace exposures to hazardous substances. There's even a discipline called occupational and environmental medicine, which is defined as the prevention and treatment of occupational and environmental injury, illness, and disability of workers and their families, including through individual patient care. And occupational and environmental medicine physicians champion the health and safety of workers, workplaces, and environments according to the American College of Occupational and Environmental Medicine. So understanding that this is an entire discipline might be very heartening to you because there is really good evidence and science behind these connections between environment and human health, although there's still lots to be learned. In fact, there's even a branch within the medical community that is understanding the importance of our connections to the environment, and lots of physicians advocate for more research in this area and for the protection of the environment as a result. So we know that the environment can directly as well as indirectly impact our health and well-being. Environmental health examines that interaction between the environment and our health. But as we get into this, let's first consider what do we mean exactly when we say environment? Well, there are lots of ways to define the environment. The Government of Canada defined environment in 1988 as the components of the earth, including air, land, and water, all the layers of the atmosphere, all organic and inorganic matter, and living organisms, and the interacting systems that include all of these components. So that's a pretty good definition. It really focuses on the environment being the natural world, its ecosystems, and so on. However, a new definition was brought forward by Environment Canada in 1993 that stated the environment is 
everything that surrounds and affects or influences an organism or group of organisms. It includes both living and non-living components, as well as both natural and human-built elements. So that means in this definition now, we're talking about both the natural world as well as the built environment. Now, that definition can also be expanded on. In 1995, a researcher named Last came up with this definition of the environment, which says that the environment is all that which is external to the individual human host. It can be divided into physical, biological, social, cultural, etc., any or all of which can influence the health status in populations. So that means this definition of the environment includes both the physical environment as well as the biological and even our social environments. So that's an even broader definition of environment. So when we talk about it here, we're generally thinking about something fairly broad, which includes all of those components in this last definition here. So to picture what this environment might encompass, let's think of these concentric circles like the layers of an onion that's sliced right through the center, or the ripples of a pond from a pebble on still water, where the person is at the center of that circle, of those concentric circles. And the first ripple or the first layer are our immediate surroundings. And that would include all kinds of things in our environment that might be our home, our family life, our workplace, including the stresses and the exposures to hazards that we might have there, as well as our neighborhood, the air quality in that neighborhood, and the food that we eat or the food that we choose to eat or that we can afford to eat, as well as our physical activity and the people around us and our relationships to them. Then the next layer of that onion moving outwards would be our community. And that would include things like the social connections that we have and the resources that we can connect to in our community and how that makes us feel. And then broadening out from there, we would have the different activities in our life, the things that we choose to do or that we have to do in terms of going out shopping or going to school or work, as well as the stress that brings and the other constraints associated with those activities. Then we also have to consider the local economy and the broader economy. We would think also about in the next layer out, the built environment, including the buildings, the parks, the pathways, the roads, the sidewalks, that type of thing all around us, as well as the services in our broader environment. And we would think about in that next layer out, we would think about our government, the judicial system, our social services, our access to health care, and so on. And out further in that onion, we might think about the natural environment in terms of the ecosystems and biodiversity, uh, air, water, food, soil, the ecosystem functioning and climate change and our resources in general. So that might be our broader definition of environment, which goes from the very local in our homes all the way out to the global ecosystems. 
So we certainly can and should think about environment in those ways, because all of those aspects of the environment can actually affect our health. Now, of course, we need to think about what do we mean by health? There are a couple of definitions that I want to bring to you. The first one is from the World Health Organization from way back in 1948, who defined health as a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being, and not merely the absence of disease or infirmity. Then there's another definition we can think about from the Canadian Oxford Dictionary in 1998, who says that health is the state of being well in body or mind, a person's mental or physical condition. So when we combine these two definitions, we see that we really do want to think about both physical health as well as mental and social health and well-being being part of the same definition of health, that it's not just the absence of disease. So that's really important to think about. And we know that this interaction between our environment, the natural world, as well as the ecosystem services and even public health and individual health has a contribution to our health status. And everything can play a role in that relationship. The environmental contaminants would relate directly to all kinds of social issues in terms of social justice and our ethics around our behavior on protecting the environment or spending time in nature can also play a role and influence this interaction between the natural world, the environment, for example, and our health. So there's lots of ways in which it does interact all the time. Now, as an example, let's think of the health effects of pollution. Well, if we think about air pollution, we might be thinking about carbon monoxide and particulate matter and ozone and volatile organic compounds and those SO2 and NOxes and so on. And what sort of health effects that they can have on us? Well, they can affect our respiratory health and cause illness. They can relate to cognitive issues such as headaches and fatigue, and they can also be implicated in cardiovascular illness, as well as cancer risk and nausea and skin irritation and so on. Then when we think about soil contamination, for example, if we think about pesticides, they can also be implicated in gastrointestinal illness, nausea, skin irritation, headaches, and so on. And the same thing when we think about water pollution. We can think about chemicals or parasites and bacteria in our water that can cause gastroenteritis, as well as fatigue and headaches and all kinds of other health effects. So we know there are direct connections between environmental pollutants and human health. But we also need to consider that there are plenty of benefits of spending time in nature. There is good evidence that we see physical indications improve. We have reduced heart rates. We have decreases in blood pressure when people spend time in nature. Then there are all sorts of mental indicators that improve, such as improved focus, attention, test scores go up in students, and people report reduced anxiety when spending time in nature. 
And then we also have some spiritual benefits where people feel calmer, more connected, more grounded. So we know that health and the environment are deeply connected. The contaminants in the environment can negatively affect human health. And those things can get into our body in three basic ways. We can ingest them through food and water. We can inhale them with the air that we're breathing or droplets or particles coming in when we breathe. And they can be absorbed through our skin, through dermal absorption, when we come into contact with those contaminants. Now, for more on this, head over to episode number 38, which is all about chemicals and my body. But the effects of these chemicals in our bodies really depend on a variety of factors, how they were absorbed, the chemical itself, as well as the individual's health status, age, immune function, and so on. And for some of these exposures to contaminants, the effects can be cumulative. That is, they can add up over time. And one of the main concerns for cumulative health effects are those of carcinogens, cancer-causing substances. So for more in-depth on that topic, head on over to episode number 18 called Does Everything Cause Cancer? And Quick answer, no, not everything causes cancer, only carcinogens cause cancer. Now, the basic premise of environmental health is to be proactive and prevent harm. We can do this by preventing contaminants from entering the environment. Sounds pretty good, right? And we can also do this by preventing humans from being exposed to harmful substances, whether that be at the workplace, in the environment, through their food, water, or the air that we breathe. We can do this in a variety of ways. We can use engineering controls. We can use education. We can use public health campaigns. And we can prevent those contaminants from being in the environment in the first place. So that would all fall under the form of prevention. Now, we know that health is a really vital aspect of sustainability. In fact, good health and well-being is goal number three in the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. These goals came out in 2015, and there are 17 goals of the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, and it is really highly integrated with health all the way through. Now, goal number three is good health and well-being, because we know that ensuring healthy lives and promoting well-being for all people at all ages is a key component to overall sustainable development. In addition, each one of those 17 goals can and does link back to this goal of good health and well-being. And I'll provide a link for that in the show notes so you can check it out yourself. But I'll highlight a few of those linkages. The sustainable development goal number one is to end poverty. And we know that it is vital to promote health and well-being first among those who live in poverty. The second sustainable development goal is to end hunger. And this can be linked to health very directly by addressing 
the causes and consequences of all forms of malnutrition. If we look at sustainable development goal number six, which relates to clean water and sanitation, we know this relates to health because it helps to prevent disease through safe water and sanitation for everyone. Health also links to sustainable development goal number 11, which is to have sustainable cities and communities because fostering healthier cities through urban planning for cleaner air and safer and more active living is also good for health and well-being. When it comes to sustainable development goal number 14, around life below water, we know that supporting the restoration of fish stocks to improve safe and diversified healthy diets is really good for health. When we look at sustainable development goal number 15, which is about life on land, we know that promoting health and preventing disease through healthy natural environments is also good for health and well-being. So there is a strong connection between the environment and human health. The key messages I would like for you to take from today's episode are that, first of all, environment and health is a discipline in science. And we can define the environment quite broadly when we think about the physical, the biological, and social environments. When we think about health, we should really include well-being, not just the absence of disease. And pollutants can negatively affect human health. And the effect that they have on us can vary depending on factors such as age, other diseases that we might have, and our immune system functioning. And there are real tangible health benefits to spending time in nature. So in the end, protecting nature and the environment is inherently good for our health. Let me leave you with one quote before we end. It's an indigenous proverb that says, Look after the land, and it will look after you. Destroy the land, and it will destroy you. That's all for now. If you are interested in exploring these issues further, please head on over to my website. It is christinahunterflourishing.com. That's Christina with a K. There you'll find all sorts of free downloadable resources, including my Sustainable Wellbeing Starter Kit, and the Green Home Guide. While you're there, sign up for my newsletter. It is full of resources and inspiration and news from the flourishing community. It comes out once a week. And if you're looking for a great way to send a gift to a friend with cancer, check out theunexpectedgiftbox.com. Finally, if you like what you are hearing, please leave me a review wherever you get your podcasts. I can't wait to talk to you again. Until then, live well green, my flourishing friends. Bye for now.